Welcome, everyone, to Strictly Anime, a podcast for anime reviews and discussions. My name is Courtney. And I am Carl. This is episode 154, and we are guessing an anime's plot through its openings and endings. This is part one. As always, there will be spoilers throughout this episode, but we might not actually realize we're spoiling anything. Wait, did you say part one? Part one. One, that is correct. Um, so we, a, a little bit of context about this episode. We threw this idea out there a while back, like several episodes ago. We were just talking about future episode ideas. And we had this idea of watching anime OPs and EDs for shows we've never seen before and just trying to figure out what the show was all about. Um, we s- received a ton of ep- or ton of submissions, and um, so we decided to try and get through as many as possible. We're going to make this into a two-part series. Yeah, I didn't expect the response that we got in the Discord uh, when we set up the thread, but I- I'm glad that we <laughs> garnered enough uh, feedback and uh, enough replies for this, so... Thanks to all of you out there who showed up on our Discord to make these suggestions. Yeah, and we're excited to jump into these and share our reactions and our guesses for these. But before we do any of that, we want to give a huge shout out to our newest patron, Arturo V. Welcome! Always exciting to get a new member of our patron family. And so thank you, Arturo, for your support of our podcast. There's no second guessing how much we appreciate it. Nice. Yes, thank you so much. We really do appreciate your support, all of our patron support. It really does mean the world to us. And if any of you guys would like to to support the show as well and get access to things like our bonus episodes, our pre-shows, see our show schedule so you know what's coming up for the month, um, even submit questions for us to answer in our patron-only Q&A, then head over to patreon.com slash strictly series. I guess a couple of quick updates um, for us. This has been a fucking busy summer, like in, in the greatest way possible. We are very lucky to have, um, you know, friends that love hanging out with us and, and we love hanging out with them. And Both normies and weeb friends. Yes. Yeah. We have a number of friend groups that we um, are very close with. And of course, our families. Um, have wanted to to see us even more so than ever because of our our baby. Um, so yeah, it's been a very busy summer, and we're kind of winding down. And we've had some like last last hurrah events to close out the summer. Um, so the first one was an anime convention that's relatively new to the Chicago area, and it's called Anime Magic. Yeah, I think they started up about three four years ago. Um... It was first based in like a, a specific hotel uh, in the area of Rosemont, which is a suburb just outside of the city. Uh, but in recent years, it's grown to kind of encompass several, or maybe not several hotels, but like the, the larger hotel in the area and the convention center, which is used for many anime conventions and pop culture conventions throughout the year. Uh, so it was our first time going to Anime Magic along with our con fam friend group. Um, and I, I gotta say, it's, I know like Anime Central, ASEN is our, our biggest anime convention, the one that we always strive to go to every year. But I would say this was a 
a solid second choice. Yeah, I'd agree. I think it's still in early days for anime magic. Maybe it was it maybe it felt bigger in its previous location. Um, I would say the one not downside, but one like less exciting part about this anime convention is how small it felt. And it mm-hmm. could just be because they moved to a bigger venue, um, but don't have the the attendance to kind of fill out the the venue. Like obviously Asin's gonna have a shitload of people. It's gonna be it's gonna take a lot to top the amount of attendees that ASEN has. Um, so I'm not expecting that. But Anime Magic did feel significantly smaller. I'll give them some credit though, because again, it's only been a couple of years that this convention has been up and running. But I feel like it was very uh, professionally run. I know there was a lot of marketing and promotion for the convention. I even saw them at ASEN. And just a lot of the materials, you could tell that they were putting their heart and soul into making this convention a reality. And also, I was impressed by the the guests that they were drawing in. Granted, most of their guests were uh, English dub voice actors, so not many. I don't think at all, not, not, none at all for like the uh, Japanese VAs, but I'm sure as the convention gets bigger and they have a a bigger budget to deal with in the future they'll probably consider inviting some some japanese uh celebrities over would you go again i would um i I feel like this convention had so much to offer even in comparison to asen just in a different way like I know ASEN, that's like it'll attract like the, the big industries like Crunchyroll and and uh, Viz Media, Shonen Jump, all of that. Um, so with Anime Magic, it's more of a homegrown convention, so you might not have all of that. But they had all these kind of random activities like axe throwing. Uh, they invited a lot of like Japanese based food and beverage services there was like a sake tasting uh there was a vip lounge yeah there was um and like an auto car display for like all of those souped up rice rockets with like the anime decals uh, so there was a lot to do at the convention uh so i, I would i would consider going again next oh my favorite part was um there was a, a an anime song or anime sing-along that was hosted by someone named Kohei. And that's something I've never seen at ASEN, but I enjoy the fuck out of it. Just getting to sing all of these anime openings and endings and just seeing the crowd dance to it and just sing along. Uh, that was a great experience. Would you consider going again? I think I would, but maybe not right away. Maybe I would give it like one to two more years to sort of build up its name um, and and draw in more attendees, which I certainly think it can for all the reasons that you mentioned, um, and and hopefully bring in some, like a bigger variety of guests um, and kind of fill the space out more. So I would say, you know, it needs like another year or two to um, to kind of fill itself out and then I'll I'll be interested in, in going again. Um, but it is nice to have, you know, another convention like that in, in Chicago that we can use to hold ourselves over until the biggie, until Anime Central. But for those who are interested in our 
full experience. We'll have um, a patron exclusive bonus episode going up um, in the next week or so, pretty soon here. Um, so yeah, patrons look forward to that. You can hear all about our experience, uh, our first time going to Anime Magic. And then to round out the summer for real, um, after Anime Magic, um, I went to Phoenix, Arizona. I'm actually fresh off the airplane <laughs> returning from Phoenix, Arizona. So if I'm if I sound a little tired, that that's probably why. Yeah, although it seems that you brought I you didn't bring some of the weather back because I think Chicago has been experiencing a heat wave this week. So I guess there really was no difference for you uh, temperature-wise going from here to Arizona, although it's dry heat. So I guess that's a big difference. I couldn't tell you how refreshing it was to get off the plane earlier um, here in Chicago and it not be sweltering hot. So yeah, you're right. When I left here to go to Phoenix um, a few days ago, it was... A definitely a heat wave here in Chicago. You, certain people in certain countries or certain parts of the U.S. are probably going to laugh at these temperatures. Uh, but here in Chicago, it was like highs of like, what, 105 to 110 the last few days mm -hmm. with extreme humidity. It was just disgusting walking outside. It's like you were swimming through the air. Um, again, I, I'm, I'm sure it's hotter in many other places. So, you know, bear with us. It's not common here in Chicago. But the humidity is a factor. Oh, my That's God. That's what people yeah. have to understand. <laughs> and then in Phoenix, it was also, like you said, a, a heat wave. Um, so I think by Phoenix standards, this probably isn't the hottest it's ever been. But this weekend, it was like 110, 115. More of a dry heat, which made it a little more bearable. But I don't do well in the heat. I just don't like being hot. I prefer fall weather over summer. Um, so it was it was rough for me. I stayed out of the sun pretty much the entire time. And um, yeah, I anytime I was outside, I was like sweating profusely. It was it was intense, but it was a good time. I've been to Phoenix once before, or maybe twice before. And every time I've gone, I, I really enjoy being there. It's a it's a nice city. Um, there's some fun places to go to some fun, like bars that we went out to. Um, so yeah, it was, it was all around a, a really great time, but because it was such a good time, I am a little on the tired side. Hopefully you'll have enough energy for this episode though. No, hundred percent. I, I will. I, I'm like really excited to go through these because <laughs> I can only imagine what you guys listening are going to think about us trying to guess these anime. Like, I feel like for those who have seen these shows that we're about to talk about, um, it's probably going to be equal parts hilarious and cringy having us react to what we're seeing in these these OPs and trying to guess what the hell is going on. I mean, do we ever know what we're talking about on this podcast, even with the shows that we have watched? We like to think <laughs> so, but probably not. <laughs> so yeah, let's dive into it. Um, as we mentioned, we had this idea a while back, um, and a lot of you guys said that you loved the idea. So it's finally happening. Um, we were really pumped about everyone's like excitement behind this idea. And as we hinted at, we asked our Discord members and our patrons to send us OPs and EDs so that we could essentially guess the plot of the anime. We're trying to figure out what the fuck's going on based off of those things. And, you know, we we all know as weebs that it is a, a classic situation um, with anime OPs and EDs where they love to spoil the shit out of the show. You can you, There's a lot of shows out there where you can just watch the OP and pretty much 
see every spoiler possible and see the whole plot of that particular show or season. So knowing that, um, we asked, again, our Discord members to send us OPs and EDs from shows we have not seen before so we can do our best to guess what the hell's going on. Um, we shared the links to our mouths. That way they can make sure we've we've never watched this stuff before. And um, as we said earlier, we received a ton of submissions. So unfortunately, we won't be able to go through all of them. But that's why we decided to do a two-part series so that we could tackle as many as possible from a variety of different shows. Um, we didn't want to stick to like all shonen or all of like the most popular shows, we tried to have a, a varied um, list of anime. So hopefully we achieved that. And thank you, of course, to everyone from our Discord and, and our patrons um, for submitting these. Um, this is a lot of fun to, to see how many came through um, and to see the excitement that everyone had with uh, with this little activity. So the way we're going to structure this is we're going to go through um, each anime that was submitted of course going through our patrons submissions first and we're gonna guess a couple of things we're gonna talk about the vibe check what 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 are we getting from this anime what kind of anime is it what's the vibe that we're seeing here um and then we're gonna guess a few key plot points based off of the visuals or maybe off of the the song choice um we're gonna guess like our, our final guess on, on what the show is actually about or the particular season. And then Carl will read the actual synopsis on, are you using Wikipedia or Mal? Um, I guess I can use Mal just to stick within the realm of anime. I, I know like Wikipedia has pretty good synopses, but we'll, we'll stick to Mal. Okay, so he'll read the Mal synopsis to see how accurate we are. Um, although I'm sure the Mal synopsis won't have some spoilers in it. And then finally, we'll ask ourselves, would we watch this anime? Uh, with all that said, we're going to say potential major spoiler warning, but really we're not going to know if we're spoiling anything. Um, only the people who have watched the shows will know. So we may accidentally spoil stuff, but um, don't hold us accountable, man. We don't know what we're talking about. We're just doing our best to guess what's what's going on. All right, so the first anime and uh, OP we have here, and by the way, we know that we we asked for OPs and EDs. Um, for this particular batch, we only pulled OPs, Oops. but uh, hopefully we'll have some EDs for the part two episode. So anyway, the first OP that we're going to go through is from Darwin's Game. It's the OP, I think it's the only OP for that show. Um, it's the song Chain by ASCA which just looks like ASPCA to me. Um, and that is submitted by our patron, Hernstrom. So I'll go first. Um, I would say watching this OP, the vibe check is moody and edgy. Um, I see that maybe people are addicted to their phones because everyone's on their fucking phone in this. I think like within the first five seconds of the OP, someone's like holding their phone out. Yeah, there's the... The one guy who pulls the phone off slowly from the ground, and it makes you wonder, like, what's in the phone? Who's in the phone? Why is in the phone? Who are they calling? Who are they texting? Mm -hmm. I would also say people are addicted to guns because everyone is shooting at each other. I'm like, I don't know. They look like regular ass people, and then they're like shooting at everyone else. Um, you got a lolly with a, a killer chain and a frilly dress and, and some white haired kid who has like ice powers or something. So and then the guy with the big gun. 
Yeah, there's like a like a soldier with like a giant gun or like a machine gun or something. Um, so yeah, I don't know what to make of this. I would say if I'm going to guess what the plot is about, I'm guessing it's some sort of like post-apocalyptic survival game because there are soldiers, but then there's regular ass people with guns like the chick in the hoodie shooting a sniper rifle. And honestly, when I looked at this, I was like, wait, why are all the non-soldier characters wearing hoodies? Everyone's wearing a fucking hoodie. Um, I don't know the significance of hoodies in this anime. I'm guessing probably not significant, but just a coincidence that they're all wearing similar outfits. But I'm thinking like maybe it's like Fate Zero where certain people are paired up to take out other people. And also it's called Darwin's Game. So I'm guessing it's like a survival game based on Darwinism. So like natural selection or survival of the fittest. Um, And by the way, (laughs) really quick, I just thought of this. You have the part, I think it's like in the middle or towards the end, where the guy, I'm assuming the main character guy, is running away from a storm of bullets being fired from like a machine gun behind him. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, there's no way he didn't get hit. What the fuck? Like he's running straight. And they're firing from behind him. And I'm like, how did he not get hit? There's no way this motherfucker did not get hit by one of those bullets. It's luck. Right? Kind of like uh, Joseph, Joestar, and JoJo. I was actually going to say maybe the person firing is like a stormtrooper. They can't hit uh, their target. There you go. Wow, I made Star a Star Wars, Wars reference. reference. <laughs> so yeah, that's my guess. I'm, I'm guessing some sort of like survival game thing going on here where some regular people got sucked into it. Now they have to fight some soldiers. What's your what's your guess on all of this? I mean, it's pretty much the same thing that you surmise, which I thought it was like, you know, assassins who have to hunt specific targets. Um, is it a game? Perhaps Darwin's game? Um, I don't know if there's a character named Darwin on the show, but like you said, I feel like it's a, more of like a survival of the fittest thing, natural selection. Although, interesting thing to note is at the end of this OP, you have this black-haired, white-hooded protagonist who sees, like, there's a vision of, I'm assuming, to be his friends. So I don't know if he's, like, avenging, like, the fallen. Oh, like friends. the other, like, the school kids or whatever? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, if there's there's a reason why he's being looped into, I, I guess, this game or competition. Uh, but, yeah, I just thought it was funny that, like you said in the beginning, like the the phone, like why are people fascinated with phones in this OP? I know. Do, do we think like the phones are the the method of like controlling the game? So let's assume this is like a survival game. Do we think like they're being sent like directions about the game via the phone? Is I'm kind of thinking like, like Saw their objectives. Yeah, like the objectives, like Saw or any of those types of of shows. Usually, there's like some mastermind who's pulling the strings and they need to like send those objectives. I'm guessing like the f- that's where the phones come into play. Yeah. Or get yeah, thinking of these friends are like they, I mean, it, it almost implies that these friends have, have passed away or are they being held hostage? And like, that's this character's goal. I actually thought that this character was like a young adult, but now I'm wondering, is he actually a high schooler? I mean, it, 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 I wouldn't more sense. I wouldn't be surprised because it's an anime. But. Yeah, <laughs> everyone has to be a high schooler in, in anime. So now the big question: Would we watch this? Would you watch this anime? Uh, probably. You know, this kind of reminds me of uh, what was that 
anime we watched high rise invasion yeah that? with uh, that was on netflix wasn't it yeah with the sniper mask although that show kind of uichiro uichiro I mean, yeah, that was like one of the first shows where he, he, it was um him featured in that we've watched i watched him in akudama drive oh well i think that was the first show i watched yeah of him uh, featured as sniper mask but yeah that show kind of sucked ass but <laughs> um no I, I think this one's interesting um just because of the, i guess the competitive nature like the high adrenaline action um i would give this a watch and i can't understand like what 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 is the phone for would you give this a watch i would i i've heard the name darwin's game um pretty often i just I have no clue what it's about. It seems like every time someone talks about it, they have positive things to say. And I do like um, that like survival game genre of shows and anime. So if it's well done, um, I would be interested in watching it. Also, I realize that I'm going out of order. Do you want to reveal what the actual synopsis is about? Yeah, I was about <laughs> Sorry, to I'm, say. Sorry, I'm like trying to remember the order that we said earlier. <laughs> okay, so I have it pulled up on Mel. Uh, so this is the synopsis for Darwin's game. High school student Kaname oh my God, he is in high school. <laughs> receives an invitation from a classmate to play Darwin's Game, a mobile game he has never heard of. However, as soon as he opens the application, a green snake suddenly pops out from his phone screen and bites his neck, what leaving him unconscious. There was no indication of that. In yeah. <laughs> Waking up in the infirmary without any signs of a snake bite, he is told by the school to take the rest of the day off. Although he is puzzled by what has happened, he dismisses the surreal experience as a hallucination and boards the train home. Unfortunately, his curiosity gets the better of him, and he uses the application once again. As the application appears to be just like any other battle game, Kaname breathes out a sigh of relief and decides to start his first match. However, the pleasant surprise is short-lived as his in-game opponent unexpectedly appears right in front of him and attempts to hunt him down with a knife. As he desperately runs for his life, Kaname puts two and two together and realizes that Darwin's game is not an ordinary game, but rather it's a brutal fight for survival. So how does the snake factor in? Yeah, wh why would okay? I, I get the <laughs> I get the phone thing now because it's it's a it's a mobile game, but yeah, I, I don't know because you know like that reminds me like on the the old Nokia phones where they had the the snake game. Oh yeah, is that what that is? <laughs> like, is that supposed to be a tongue in cheek reference to that? Okay, so it sounds like there's some like supernatural shit possibly going on here. But hey, it sounds like we were pretty accurate. Yeah, I think the title itself, Darwin's Game, was was a giveaway. Although I, I had no clue about the, the mobile game aspect. Yeah, of it. that's kind of funny though. <laughs> well, yeah, reading the synopsis or hearing the synopsis now, I I still would say yes. I I would I'd be interested in watching this one. Yeah, I would as well. Um, although I'm looking at uh, the, I'm not going to reveal the mouse score, but um, it's. It, it's it's there. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, we have Hina Matsuri, the OP to that anime, which is the song Distance by Rie Murakawa. And this is submitted to us by our patron, Lazo. So I'm trying to remember our order. So first things first, let's share our vibe check for this anime before we dive into like what we think is going on here. So um, I went first with the last one, so you can go first this time. What's the vibe that you're getting here from this OP? This is a fucking slice of life, isn't it? <laughs> like, like as soon as I saw like the sakura blossoms, 
like blowing over a, a landscape or like the cityscape of Tokyo uh, and then hearing this really happy-go-lucky song like I immediately thought slice of life yeah same here I'm, I'm thinking fluffy high school slice of life I also was like Sakura pedals in the first frame of this thing the first like you know two seconds of the OP um, that's always a telltale sign of some sort of slice of life so yeah I'm, I'm that's the vibe that I'm thinking too but then it has this happy-go-lucky song but it seems the focal point of this OP is like a not so happy go lucky girl, which there's a shot in the beginning where she wakes up in bed and then there's a bowl of what I'm assuming is like salmon roll. Yeah, it's right an ikoradon. <laughs> like, is she eating that as a late night snack? Is it even healthy to keep like salmon roll out like overnight, like unrefrigerated? Like I was wondering why is this by her bedside when she wakes up and then this the salmon roll just continues to appear throughout the opinion, especially at the end where I think she offers it to the two adult looking characters. But I did not, I didn't know what to feel about this, like this OP, like, or what this anime is about from what we see in this opening. Uh, because you have the girl with the, the salmon roll, and then you have this random part in the middle where, one of the adult-looking characters that shows up at the end in, like, the black vest and white dress shirt, like it's like she woke up and chose violence against, I'm assuming, the girl's friends. <laughs> like, well, what's that all about? Or the other adult-looking character, the blonde guy, which I think he appears in the beginning. Like The, the thing I got from them was, like, are these members of the Yakuza? <laughs> and, like, are they... Are they, are like these girls, like they look like they're in high school, but it looked like they were doing odd jobs. Like, are they being forced to work? And then are they being extorted by these two characters? Which made me think like, is this really a slice of life? <laughs> I, like, I don't know. What, what did you make of it? Yeah, I I also noticed the Ikuradon, the, the salmon roe over rice um, next to her bed when she woke up and then she brought it to the kitchen table and then she's walking around school with it. And then it's at, like you said, it's at the end when she's sitting by the riverbank. Um, so that was random. But it looks like there's some drama elements to it because you have the shot of like the the girl getting bullied and her money stolen. You got someone stranded on an island and you got like the, who I assume is the main character. Um, she's like standing in the rain looking all moody and stuff. So maybe it's a, a, a slice of life that has like a, like drama elements to it to drive the plot forward. I do really like the animation or like the art style. I love the way the characters are drawn. Um, I think that that looks really nice. But I'm wondering like, are there elements of comedy here because of the Ikoradon? That's the only thing that's giving me comedy vibes is the Ikoradon that she's carrying throughout this OP. Yeah, this is like the, the phone thing from Darwin's game. Like, what's what's the salmon roll? <laughs> and, you know, I was trying to, like, with my limited knowledge of Japanese, like, break down the title of this anime, Hina Matsuri. Uh, all I know is, like, Matsuri is a word that's synonymous with, like, festivals, like, like a summer festival. Yeah. Right? I just don't know what, like, Hina. Like, uh, is that, like, the girl's name? That's what I'm thinking. But even then, be. like, 
<laughs> trying to break down the the title of this anime and putting it against what I'm seeing in this opening, it still doesn't make sense. Nothing seems festive about this. <laughs> but maybe, yeah, like you said, it's just a uh, a slice of life mixed in with a little bit of drama. So what would you guess the plot to be? How would you summarize it? Uh, uh, there's this girl who loves Salmon Row. Uh, <laughs> and then she and these other girls, like I said, they're being forced to work. And they're being extorted by these two adults who <laughs> look like they're part of a criminal organization. It's going to be so funny like <laughs> reading the actual synopsis and seeing just how far I am from the truth. But what do you suppose this anime is about? I'm thinking it's some sort of high school slice of life show based around cooking or food. But maybe like the girl doesn't want to do anything based in cooking or food. So she's out like doing her own shit. But then like she always, maybe like she comes back to that because I don't know. The ending, the, the last shot of her on the riverbank with Ikuradon and then like approaching the two adults. It seems like maybe she's like her, her roots are based in cooking your food or like that's her passion or that's what she's meant to do. But she's like not sure if she wants to commit to that yet. <laughs> the, way I, no, the way I interpreted that last scene is like that's her extortion payment to, to these two individuals. But, I feel like she's moody as hell though because I don't think she smiles the whole time. Yeah. No, she does not smile at all. All right. So what is the synopsis according to Mal? Okay. Here we Here we go. While reveling in the successful clinching of a prized vase for his collection, Yoshifumi Nita, a Yakuza member, oh is God. rudely interrupted when a large peculiar capsule suddenly materializes and falls on his head. He opens the capsule to reveal a young blue-haired girl who doesn't divulge anything about herself but anything about herself but her name. Hina. There you go. Okay. And the fact that she possesses immense powers. What the fuck? As if things couldn't get any worse, she loses control and unleashes an explosion of her if her powers remain unused. Faced with no other choice, Nita finds himself becoming her caregiver. To let her use her powers freely, Nita asks Hina to help out with a construction deal, which goes smoothly. But while this is happening, a rival Yakuza group covertly attacks his boss. To Nita's shock, his colleagues later pin the blame on him. Tasked with attacking the rival group in retaliation, Nita steals himself and arrives at their hideout. But suddenly, Hina unexpectedly steps in and helps him wipe out the entire group. As it turns out, Hina might just become a valuable asset to Nita and his Yakuza business, provided she does not use her powers on him first. And so the strange life of this unusual duo begins. Well, I wasn't that far from the truth, I Yeah, guess. what the fuck? I was obviously nowhere near that. The high school <laughs> slice of life based around cooking. Yeah, no. <laughs> but yeah, I wasn't expecting the surreal elements with the salmon roe either. I, I didn't get any vibes in the OP about supernatural abilities or like yeah. special abilities. Or even the fact that it's... I'm assuming Nita is the um, the blonde-haired guy. Let me just double check. Uh, uh, or no, it, yeah, I think it's the blonde-haired guy that we see in the OP. But he never seems to be the focal point. It's it's Hina. Yeah, which strange, but <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, well, then the big question: Would we watch Hina Matsuri? Would you watch it? 
Yes, actually. <laughs> I think <laughs> it's it's such an outlandish premise, even though it we thought it masqueraded as a, a slice of life. Um, but yeah, I'm interested in see like, how the supernatural uh, works in tandem with the criminal. What about you? I, I would say maybe. So I was already a maybe before hearing the official synopsis on Mal. Mal, by the way, for anyone who's not familiar, is my anime list, the website, um, shortened Mal. Uh, I, I was already kind of in the maybe camp um, just because when I watched this OP, I felt like there's got to be comedy here somewhere. Something feels like a very subtle like hint of comedy, and I, I like that. Like I like a slice of life that has comedy like embedded in it. Um, but I feel like I'm still a maybe after hearing the synopsis because I feel like it has potential, but I also feel like it might be a little ambitious and not pan out to be as like funny as I would hope it to be. So I don't know. I, I could be swayed to watch this one. Next anime we have is the OP from Blend S, which is Bon Appetit, Appetit. Heart S. <laughs> bon Appetit Heart Emoji S. <laughs> it's probably Bon Appetit. S. Bon Appetit O S, like Blend S. <laughs> By Blend A. <laughs> what the fuck? What's blend A. Through, I... What happened to B through R? <laughs> um, and this is submitted to us by our patron Scrumps. Um, so, first off, vibe check. Um, I'll start this one off. So, I'm thinking Moe cute girls doing cute things made cafe yeah as soon as i heard the high-pitched voices i was like no i'm i'm done because <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah catchy tune um but yeah getting the same vibes of it just being this this kind of cutesy thing like a day in the life at, at a made cafe so going through like my thoughts on actually watching the op i uh, first off sundere sadistic emoto onesan idol so this sounds like dere types or like anime care archetypes is that the, the word archetypes mm-hmm. um so that's that seems to be a, a thing um there's a dog that's always a huge plus that there's a dog in the anime um i also noticed there's one character like this chick with white hair and short bangs and all i could think the whole time was menma from anohana anyone who watches or watched anohana will know what i'm talking about um maybe there's a hint of romance here because a, a, a scene where one of the girls who seems to be maybe like the lead girl is looking at the blonde guy and it looks very like romantic like not sexual tension but like romantic tension to a certain degree mm. um but yeah it's like mates it's maids with dere types. Um, that's that's really what I got from this. Uh, I did see a, a scene where it looks like the maids are punching people. So maybe what? there's some like uh, uh, masochist elements here. But <laughs> but yeah, it's it's maids. I don't know what what did you catch when you watched it? Um, I mean yeah, yeah the beginning I saw like the the different archetypes. Um, but I I had the feeling that. Some of these girls may just be incompetent at their job, <laughs> and maybe the the two male characters that are featured as well, because uh, I feel like they're they're constantly holding like these goddamn brooms. So it made me think like, are they just constantly cleaning up messes that they've made? Um, got elements of like etchy shit, like with certain shots of like 
the girl's skirts. Uh, I I was thinking, like, I bet the dog is probably the hardest working employee of this bunch. Aww. <laughs> so I, I hope that, that that stands true. That's not the case with Rigby. He's literally laying no, asleep right. as we're recording. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, like, this, this opening is very stylized visually. Um, so there's not much that I can suppose off of it besides, like, what these girls might be doing or might not be doing uh, in, in their lives as I'm assuming employees at this maid cafe. So as far as the plot goes, I, I'm going to guess, and it's pretty short, I'm going to guess like this is a maid cafe where each maid is a different data type or archetype again because you have like sadistic, they show each character and they show like a, an archetype and I'm guessing that's the, the archetype that the girl is. You have sadistic, Sundere, Imoto, Onesan, and Idol. So, yeah, I think, like, because every maid cafe has its, like, theme or its, like, gimmick. So I'm guessing that's the gimmick for this maid cafe. And the two guys work there um, either, like, to to kind of what you said, they're there to clean up the mess. Or I kind of got vibes that maybe they have the hots for some of these girls. And so they want to work there to get closer to them. Mm. Um, and, yeah, that's that's what the plot is. That's my guess anyway. I mean, my guess is as good as yours, just seeing what these girls are up to in this maid cafe. And like you said, like with the archetypes, how they appeal to different customers or how they may not appeal to different customers intertwined with, I know there was a shot of the the blonde haired male character with his his nose bleeding. Yeah, he's horny. Oh, yeah. Okay, so that's what... I thought it was something with about being in love, but it's more so, like... Well, I mean, I guess it could be, but I think most of the time... That, being titillated. Yeah, it's titillated. Or maybe he got punched in the face by one of the maids. <laughs> that could be a possibility. Just thinking again, back to you, me feeling like there's a sense of incompetency with their work. So now, what's the actual synopsis, according to Mal? All right, so on Mal, the synopsis for Blend S says, Wishing to be independent, 16-year-old Micah Sakuranomiya is desperate to nail down a part-time job so that she can afford to study abroad. Unfortunately, her applications are constantly rejected due to the menacing look she unintentionally makes whenever she smiles despite her otherwise cheerful disposition. After yet another failed interview, she chances upon Café Delay style, a coffee shop where the servers interact with the customers while role-playing distinctive characteristics. The Italian store manager, Dino, becomes infatuated with Micah's cuteness at first sight and offers her a job as a waitress with a sadistic nature. Coupled with her inherent clumsiness, she successfully manages to serve a pair of masochistic customers in accordance with her new ruthless persona alongside Kaho Hinata as the tsundere and Mafuyu Hoshikawa as the younger sister, Micah decides to make the most out of her unique quirk and cements her position in the cafe with merciless cruelty. So there you fucking go. How spot on were we? Not only like with the whole Dede type thing, but didn't I say the customers are masochists? Yeah. And then you said the fucking clumsy shit? Like, holy mm -hmm. shit. We're good. Wow, We're good. It's like we know enough about anime or something. It's like we don't even need to watch these shows. We can just guess everything off the opening. <laughs> <laughs> so with that said, would you watch Blend S? Uh, it's, it's an interesting premise, but 
Probably not. I don't think this show is my cup of tea. It it seems funny, but uh, you know, I I've already watched the show about maid cafes, and that was just balls to the wall fun. Which I'm talking about Akiba Maid War. Um, I don't know if Blendus will live up to that <laughs> that sort of hype I had about maid cafes. But again, I'm sure this is a good show. But I think just for me, it's not my cup of tea. What about you? I okay, so I probably would not watch it unless it's heavy in comedy, um, and not just like cute girls doing cute things. Comedy. I'm. I want like comedy, comedy. Um, which I feel like there, there, there's potential there with the masochist male characters being in the mix here. Um, but I don't know. I didn't get a ton of comedy vibes from the OP or from that synopsis. So most likely I would not watch this anime, but I wouldn't totally be, I, I wouldn't totally write it off. All right, next up is a biggie, um, one that we still have not watched, but we fully intend to watch at some point, and that's Steinsgate. So we had the OP submitted to us, which is Hacking to the Gate by Kanako Ito. <laughs> that reminds me of um, <laughs> The Devil is a Part-Timer's first OP. It was like, get out of gate. Remember that, that lyric? Was it get out of here, juice guy? Is what we thought yeah, they were saying. But I think it's get out of gate. <laughs> oh, I didn't know there was. That's Maybe. what they were saying. I was just yeah. like, they sound like they're saying get out of here, juice guy. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, hacking to the gate. These strange English sentences involving gates. And this one was submitted to us by our patron, yeah, seventy seven. So, um, as I mentioned, like Steinsgate is one of the top rated anime, super popular, pretty much a classic at this point. And we've wanted to watch it for a long time. But despite it being a classic, I've actually been able to skirt around any details about the show. So I really have no fucking clue what Steins Gate is about. I just know it's apparently fantastic and we should watch it. Do you know anything about it? I do not. I do remember um, our friend Brian from TV Movie and Trivia Pod mentioning that this was one of his favorite anime outside of Attack on Titan. So that makes me really interested about like what makes this show click with so many people. So vibe check. Um, what what is the vibe that you got from this OP? Because this one's actually a tough one to dissect. Yeah, it's a very abstract opening, which just it just makes me think this is a <laughs> this is going to be an anime that makes you really think. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's the best way I can describe my thoughts about the vibe of this. I'm my vibe check's kind of like intense, but also maybe not intense because everyone's just standing around. The whole OP, everyone is just standing around and not doing anything. They're like thinking. <laughs> it's a, it's <laughs> so maybe show, to your point, it's, yeah, it's a lot of thinking. A show about talking and thinking. <laughs> so just to throw around like some plot points with the the visuals again, this opening just seems so abstract because you have these geometric shapes in the beginning or I don't know if they're like representations of mathematical like visual representations of mathematical equations then you have these gears that kind of look like the gears of a clock and then this sort of flow of numbers almost like what you see in like the opening like that title uh, title card for like the matrix movies and then all of this is 
against like an aggressive tempo of a song um like all of these like visual cues are just being bombarded in my face and forcing me to figure out what the hell is going on in this show um yeah shots of all these different characters certain or like most of them are shots of like female characters but just being really moody that makes me think like how (laughs) there's always a trope like certain tropes in openings like why are there always moody shots of characters or there was one shot in here of a hand reaching towards a light which i feel like we've seen always reaching towards like a light or the sky reaching towards the sun right but i really can't make heads or tails of what this plot is based on any of these visuals i caught a lot of similar things to you so like i saw the gears and i initially thought okay when I see gears, that indicates a system of some sort or maybe something time-based. Um, I'm thinking time as well because there's also clocks um, and an hourglass at one point. So yeah, a lot of like time-based imagery. Um, there's also moments where the characters who are, again, just standing around thinking or not doing anything, there's like multiples of them at certain points. Yeah, I was going to bring that up too. So I feel like maybe there's, I don't know, like they're like a multiverse situation going on here because the you know, multiverse mm-hmm. is like hot right now. Although this, this show came out a while ago. Um, there's also multiples of like a naked chick. I don't know what to make of that, but she's naked. Um, so yeah, I, it's, <laughs> this one's tough. So I also caught like the equations and like the matrix looking imagery but i'm also like is there hacking going on i feel like there's this something science-based because the main character is in the white lab coat hacking to the gate oh shit yeah you're right that's the the name of the song title yeah so maybe there is hacking but i think it's there's something rooted in science it's like time and science is is what i'm getting here yeah okay so this is like if this feels like chris nolan shit that's that's the okay if i go back to the vibe thing this has like chris nolan vibes like inception or something yeah or like tenet even though i haven't watched (laughs) i haven't watched tenet yet so what would you guess the plot of steins gate to be um well i i have no idea how the hell this ties into it but i'm sure there's a gate involved (laughs) uh but thinking of like the visuals of like the duplicates of characters and like all of these moody shots of them (laughs) thinking like if they're all if this show's gonna be all about like thinking and talking and like all the equations and the imagery of like clockwork gears and numbers uh i'm guessing that something involving a gate which is causing like a a disturbance or a distortion in this world and these characters have to try and rectify this or else the world will be thrown into chaos uh is is that what you had in mind or do you have something different Mine's similar. Mine's very bare bones just because there's not a lot of, not a lot to go off of with this OP, but I can really only assume it's something time-based. And you, you bring up a good point that there's also probably a gate because of the name of the show and the name of the song. Um, but with just seeing a bunch of people standing around um, and then visuals that make me feel like I'm going on like an LSD trip or something, I, I can't really deduce what else this is about. So I'm just going to guess like, they have to travel through time 
to stop their past selves, which is why we're seeing multiples of people because maybe they're traveling through time multiple times over. Like they have to go back in time or maybe into the future. Several, there's several instances of them having to do that. Mm. Um, so they're like trying to, they're like conflicted with the fact that there's like multiple of them in different timelines. This sounds like the plot of Loki. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> so what is the plot of Steins Gate? Okay. So Mal says eccentric scientist Rintaro Okabe has a never-ending thirst for scientific exploration. Together with his ditzy but well-meaning friend Mayuri Shina and his roommate Itaro Hashira, Rintaro founds the Future Gadget Laboratory in the hopes of creating technological innovations that baffle the human psyche. Despite claims of grandeur, the only notable gadget the trio have created is a microwave that has the mystifying power to turn bananas into green goo. However, when Rintaro decides to attend neuroscientist Kurisu Makisei's conference on time travel, he experiences a series of strange events that lead him to believe that there is more to the phone microwave gadget than meets the eye. Apparently able to send text messages into the past using the microwave, Rintaro dabbles further with the time machine, attracting the ire and attention of the mysterious organization CERN, S-E-R-N. Due to the novel discovery, Rintaro and his friends find themselves in an ever-present danger. As he works to mitigate the damage his invention has caused to the timeline, he is not only fighting a battle to save his loved ones, but also one against his degrading sanity. Ah, okay. So, so we got- were, we're spot on on a few things. The science aspect, mm-hmm, the time the aspect. Time. Uh, I didn't get vibes of a microwave. <laughs> Neither did I. Uh, I guess distortion disturbance yeah that's that's the thing with the whatever his invention is causing to this timeline so now there's a question of like would we watch steins gate so we can kind of approach it two ways first will we watch steins gate because we know how popular and well revered it is but also would we watch steins gate if we had no clue how much people loved it and just purely based off of the op and the synopsis um yeah, I guess for the first point, I'm I'm looking at on Mal, and this is currently ranked number two, at, like the top anime of all time on Mal. Yeah. So obviously, like it, it's very highly revered. Uh, but I guess like in terms of the op, like watching this just based on the opening, uh, I think at first this is kind of like my whole thing with like like sunny boy is that it would have been too abstract for my monkey brain to want to watch this show based on what was happening in the opening's visuals uh but again like me knowing the context of what this anime means in the community in that aspect I would definitely give it a watch what about you so yeah i mean i I definitely want to watch it because of how well rated it is and how much people love it. But looking at it, you know, outside of that, just purely based off of OP and synopsis, I still think I would watch it um, because I enjoy a good mystery. And while it's not necessarily a mystery, it seems like there are some mystery elements to it um, about like how this invention comes to be and how it impacts different timelines and what that could mean down the road. Um, and you're kind of right. Like, it does have, like, Loki vibes. Or maybe 
Loki has Steins Gate vibes because mm-hmm. didn't Steins Gate come first or I don't know. No, I think yeah, Steins Gate was released in 2011. So is Loki well, based off of like an actual like comic? Oh like yeah, I didn't comic, think of though. that because yeah, Loki the comic book character has been around for a while, but then I don't know where the show Loki got its inspiration from. Well, they're very similar, sounds like in premise. So yeah, I don't know. Like I, I saw Loki it was it was pretty interesting, um, but I feel like Steins Gate would probably do it better. <laughs> so yeah, I'd I'd watch it either way. I think I I I will watch it um, at some point, and I'm excited to see what Steins Gate is all about is the microwave the gate <laughs> i guess <laughs> the microwave that transforms bananas or you know turn bananas into green goo powerful next up we have um a not maybe not so well known anime but maybe it is well known and i just don't know about it um we have hayate the combat butler we have the OP that was submitted, which is Hayate no Gotoko, Gotoku by <laughs> Gotoko. Um, and this was submitted by our patron KK, who also submitted the Ed, Ed, and Eddie anime OP, which was very tempting to uh, watch and you know talk about. But we've already seen Ed, Ed, and Eddie, so we already know about that show. <laughs> yeah, and that's not an anime, right? <laughs> That'd be like watching the, the SpongeBob anime OP. Actually, uh, I'm sorry, this is a weird segue, but um, I forgot to bring this up with Blend S because, you know, like we were talking about the um, in the beginning, there's like the the shots of the girls and it's like the S stands for something for them, like their archetype. Yeah. I've seen that in meme form at, at some point. So have I. But I was trying to find the exact meme that I was thinking about on YouTube, but then I stumbled upon something even better than what I had thought of the original meme, which is there's a blend S opening, but like a SpongeBob version. What the fuck? <laughs> so I, I sent you the link and it, it's fun to watch the the actual blend S O P and then go into the SpongeBob blend S O P um to to compare and contrast. Um so I'll share a, or we'll share a link to that <laughs> that SpongeBob blend S parody in the Discord, which has been heavily promoted throughout this episode. So if you're not a member of our Discord, the link to join is in the description. And speaking of things that we'll share in the Discord, I will also share something in the Discord related to Hayate the Combat Butler. I don't know anything about this show, but I do know one small thing, which is the Santa meme <laughs> that came out of this show. Um, and I didn't know for a long time that that's the anime that this came from, but I, I looked it up at some point um, and realized that it was Hayate. So the meme is like, I'm assuming this is like the young main character, maybe like a flashback where he's talking to Santa and he's like, Mr. Santa Claus, why do you never bring presents to me? And then Santa responds saying, that's because your family is poor. And I'm like, oh my God, what kind of show is this? Santa is stone cold, man. So I'll share that meme in the Discord um, alongside the video um, from Blend S SpongeBob mashup. But based on that, vibe check wise, I'm guessing this is some sort of comedy. Yeah, I guess the same thing. Like, I don't know if it's slice of life, but like, comedy and then so it looked like it started off as a slice of life then it went into comedy and then it went into action comedy as the opening 
focuses more and more on this blue-haired character. Yeah, like you got him in the beginning doing a bunch of like random jobs. Like he's a construction worker and then he's a like a mangaka at some point. Um, and then he meets this like blonde-haired Sundere-looking girl. I put her as a lolly. <laughs> like, a, Well, yeah, like a lolly Sundere because like, she's angry mm. at one point before she runs outside and then like runs into him. And then suddenly they are giant. They're fighting these giants, and he shoots off like a rocket. I'm like, what the fuck is this? The combat part of it all. Yeah, and then there's the shot of <laughs> the Santa that we were just talking about. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, I think there's like a, a a whole panoramic of these random characters in the show. There's a lot of characters. It was a little yeah. overwhelming to see all of them. I'm like, oh my god. And then uh, was it? in the beginning, there's a shot like. I forget who's a they, like they're having a a picnic or like lunch outside, and then there's a, a a fucking white tiger just sitting in the background. Like, why is that n- no concern to any of these like deviant art looking characters? <laughs> like, <laughs> I know the tiger appears later, and it looks like uh, like it's a friendly tiger because it's it's smiling or whatever. But at first, I was like, you realize there's a wild animal in this terrace, right? <laughs> So as far as the plot goes, I'm going to guess that this main character dude works all of these jobs because he's poor. And I'm only deducing that he's poor based on the <laughs> Santa <insane>. meme. <laughs> um, but he's poor as fuck. And uh, also when he opens his apartment, it's like empty. Um, so then he meets this rich ass Cinderella Lolly and gets hired as her butler but like a combat butler. So initially when I saw the title Hayate the combat butler, I thought he was a robot. Just because I'm mm. thinking like combat, um, but he's not a robot, maybe, but maybe he is because he flew off to fight those giant enemies. But anyway, so he's like a butler and protects her from these giants. But then it also seems like maybe she's gonna fall in love with him because she like blushes when he reaches his hand out towards the end of the OP. So that's my guess on the plot. What what did you what did you uh, get from this? Um, I I was thinking like the Justice League of butlers. I think there's a shot towards the end of, yeah, of all of them standing in front of this grand, lavish mansion. Uh, but I guess in terms of like the blue-haired character, like you said, he works odd jobs in between. I'm assuming he's like an, an, an aspiring mangaka. But then he's, <laughs> he suddenly gets wrapped up in some conspiracy involving this rich lolly girl where he suddenly granted the powers of butlery to ward off evil. And so his job is to protect this girl. <laughs> Again, I can't wait to read the synopsis and find out how wrong I am. <laughs> yeah, so what does it say? Because now I'm, I'm curious about this one. So in Hayate the Combat Butler, according to Murphy's Law, anything that can go wrong will go wrong. And truer words cannot describe the unfortunate life of the hardworking Hayate Ayasaki, abandoned by his parents after accumulating a debt of over 150 million yen. He is sold off to the Yakuza, initiating his swift getaway from a future he does not want. On that fateful night, he runs into Nagi Sanzenin, a young girl whom he decides to try and kidnap to pay for his family's massive debt. Unfortunately, due to his kind-hearted nature and a string of misunderstandings, Nagi believes Hayate to be confessing his love to her. After saving her from real kidnappers, Hayate is hired as Nagi's personal butler, upon which she is revealed to be a member of one of the wealthiest families in Japan. 
highly skilled but cursed with the world's worst luck. Hayate gets straight to work serving his employer all the while trying to deal with the many misfortunes that befall him. From taking care of a mansion to fending off dangerous foes and even unintentionally wooing the hearts of the women around him, Hayate is in over his head in the butler comedy Hayate no Gotoku. What the fuck? So we, we kind of got some things right. I didn't think he fucking kidnapped her. <laughs> um, and I didn't think he was sold off by his parents, but that that would explain why, why he's, he's fucking poor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. I also didn't realize that there was so much like harem romance potentially going on here. I just only caught like the moment towards the end where he reaches his hand out and then like the Cinderella girl blushes. I figured mm-hmm. that like she'd fall in love with him. And I guess he doesn't have like special powers, but then how? Why did he fly off into the maybe like, to like, fight the giants? Like like a that whole scene was just a metaphor of him having to uh, protect her from, like I said, ward off evil. So I got that part kind of right. <laughs> and he's not a robot. There you go. So would we watch Hayate the Combat Butler? I would say probably not. Um, I think it has potential. I just don't know if it's like up my alley of comedy, but I do like the Santa meme. That's that's a classic in my mind. <laughs> um, but would you watch it? I think I too would not watch it. Um, although I feel like the comedy aspects might be there. Um, I don't. I, I'm kind of basing this mostly off the visuals because. Looking at the main character, Hayate, I guess, he's just draw. I know it's like an early, when did this come out? I was about um, to ask, when when did this premiere? Spring 2007. 2007? So I would have thought it was older than that, based off yeah. of the art style. But yeah, I think just because of the, the art style, it gives me My Sister and My Rider vibe <laughs> with the way that Hayate is drawn. And I think that's what's like making me so off-put from watching this show. But hopefully like the comedy does hold up um and if that's the case for anyone who wants to argue for hayate the combat butler especially our patron kk uh maybe you'll convince us otherwise so going from a really random looking show like hayate the combat butler to one that's like very uh i don't know like trendy we have link click um the op from season one which i guess is like the first op um, I think there's maybe there's only one OP per season. Yeah, season one OP. Um, it's Dive Back in Time by By Shot Jaws. And this was submitted to us by Joey Guns 13. Um, so let's do let's do vibe check. What, what was the vibe you got watching this OP? Actually, first off, I, I want to say like I've actually heard a lot about this anime. I have too. Uh, I know that it was based off a... Chinese, I think it's called uh, Donghua, which is kind of like, uh, uh, I, I want to say like the manga equivalent in China. And Giguk, I think, actually did a, a, a YouTube video about this, and he was just speaking praises about its first season and the fact that it's a, a, a Chinese story uh, that's being told in anime form. Uh, the, going to this OP and just looking at it, it's got very cool vibes. It's trendy as fuck. Yeah. Uh, especially with, the, 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 I think, the, the main characters all tutting. Like that, that move you do with 
you know, that dance move you do with your hands and it looks so it's it's just so sleek and so cool i mean i don't know when tutting was last like last uh trending in like the the dance world but. i mean i haven't personally seen tutting since uh america's best dance crew that tv show was at its like peak popularity which is a long mm-hmm. time ago so yeah seeing tutting in this opa i was like damn i forgot all about that but my vibe check is basically hot guys doing hot things <laughs> yeah the two characters the, the white-haired character and the black-haired character they just they just ooze sleekness and sexiness <laughs> <laughs> as far as um visual cues for for the plot i think this one too it, it's it's more stylized similar to um like blend <laughs> to blend s what the fuck or <laughs> i guess like um steinsgate to a point where you know it's just like i get these cool muted colors but it, like with this op it, it mostly just focuses on these characters tutting and i don't know if that's a thing in the actual series if they're just good at this dance move uh but there are instances of other other visual cues um that kind of give a hint to what could potentially be going on um especially that this opening it seems like there's some sort of photographic filter um that's incorporated or like uh looking at a camera through the lens and seeing like all the what would you call it like the the sights um to make sure that the the shots aligned or whatever mm-hmm. uh and i also saw i think later on in the um in this opening that there's there's a cork board with like pictures and it looks like articles and, and a map uh posted on it so it makes me think of like a conspiracy or an investigatory nature of this show what or what cues did you pick up Similar ones. Um, you've got Moody Boy and Gojo from Jujutsu Kaisen. Wow. And a, a lot of camera imagery. Um, and then they yeah, have the tutting. That was unexpected, but really cool. The animation for that is like phenomenal. Um, I also picked up on the cork board towards the latter half of the OP. And it just reminded me of Charlie from It's Always Sunny. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, it's giving Pepe Sylvia. <laughs> there's also a magnifying glass. So yeah, there's some sort of mystery um, or like detective aspect to this. So what would you guess the plot of Link Click to be? They're trying to figure out who Pepe Sylvia is. <laughs> I, I really, I, I, I don't know. I, I feel like there is like a, an investigation that's ongoing in the show with these two characters. Maybe like these two main characters are the detectives, but they're like the the sort of new age detectives. So their means of solving mysteries is different from like uh, Sherlock Holmes or uh, his partner Watson, right? Holmes and Watson. I don't. I don't fucking know. But what 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 do you think the plot of the show is about? Um, my guess is that it's about two hot guys who like to dance. One is a cameraman and the other is a detective and mm. they need to use camera footage to solve a mystery or maybe do like um, some time traveling just based off of the song title, Dive Back in Time. And then there's also a girl, but I don't know how she factors in. 
I guess the, the, the camera thing makes sense if you look at the title. Link, click. Is it like the, the click of a camera? Maybe. Maybe it's linking to something. Maybe mm. linking to time something because of the title of the song <laughs> maybe well let's look to mal for this synopsis which says it is said that a picture is worth a thousand words in this case it holds an infinite amount of secrets these are secrets that only cheng xiao shi and lu guang are able to find in a small shop called time photo studio the two friends provide a special service Using their extraordinary powers that let them enter photographs, they jump into pictures brought to them by clients in order to grant their wishes. Through the eyes of the photographer, they live through the events surrounding the picture and try to decipher how to solve their client's request. But every time they jump into a picture, they take a great risk. One wrong move and they could alter the future of the person who took the picture and possibly countless other events too. So when the events they are forced to live through in these pictures start to become personal, it will take the utmost strength to push their feelings aside and focus on accomplishing the task they were paid to do. Oh, okay. So we were on track for some of this. (laughs) So maybe not like, I guess it is kind of like time traveling back to the past of when the picture was taken. Mm -hmm. And they're still trying to... I guess they're not. There's not an overall plot or conspiracy. It's like these individual cases that okay. they're trying to quote unquote solve. Unless like one of the pictures does spark like an overarching plot. Mm, yeah, that that's true. Um. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I still don't know how the girl factors in though. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. So would we watch Link Click? Would you watch Link Click? Hell yeah! I love the premise. It's something. That, I mean, there's always like a super, or not always, but there are supernatural elements to certain anime. But this one with working with photography and <laughs> you know what this is like? Blue's Clues. Remember what like Blue's could do? We could do it. And then Steve goes into the picture with Blue. Oh, yeah. Wow. The <laughs> There's my link click. <laughs> I'm linking this to Blue's Clues. Uh, I was about to say, like, what a, what a unique premise. But now I'm thinking, oh, did they take this idea from Blue's Clues? But no, I, regardless, I would still give this show a watch because, yeah, that's just that's just fascinating. Diving into pictures and and kind of going back in time to figure out how to solve something. Would you watch this show? Yeah, and I already had it on my watch list for a little bit now. Um, I'm interested because, first off, hot guys doing hot things. Um, But also, hearing the synopsis off of Mal, it does sound very interesting, like being able to go back to a point that a picture was taken and like see what was going on and possibly influence the events after that. That seems really cool um i'd very much be interested in watching this and i just love how like trendy and cool the op looks so i imagine the the show itself is going to evoke those same vibes so yeah i'm totally down to watch link click and takahiro sakurai voices lou which is the um the white-haired character oh that's so. a good question though would we watch this um i guess technically dubbed in japanese or would we watch it sub in chinese um, I mean, is there a a Chinese dub of this? It's a chi- Isn't it a Chinese show? Yeah, it's Chinese made. Uh, I don't. Is it 
Chinese made. Uh, let me see. Oh, I guess yeah, yeah. They they do have uh, a Chinese dub because uh, on Wikipedia they list the Chinese voice actor, the English voice actor, and the. Oh, I guess they don't list the <laughs> the Japanese voice actor. Although Mal lists or lists the Japanese voice actor, so I guess there are three different dubs of this. There's more. I think if you go on voice actors um, for Link Click, you've got Japanese, French, English, Italian, Mandarin, Portuguese, Spanish. Um, but yeah, mm. I'm assuming it's going the 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 original what would technically be the sub is Chinese. And then there's a dub of it in Japanese. Yeah, I guess in that case, I would go with the the Chinese dub to be as faithful to the source material as possible. I would too. I, I don't know if I'd fully commit to it. It just depends because this would be, I, I've never watched um, like a Chinese animated show like this. Um, but yeah, I, I would definitely give the Chinese a shot and see like how well it vibes with me um, and maybe even rewatch it in the Japanese just to experience like these voice actors because I love Japanese voice actors. All right. So we're moving back into the, the biggie territory with this next one. Um, almost as big. No, more, more big, bigger. <laughs> what biggest am I saying? The biggest, uh, <laughs> bigger than Steins Gate. We've got Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Can you tell I'm still kind of waking up from my flight? Uh, <laughs> so this is, this one's interesting because the submission was the fourth OP of Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. So I'm going to guess that we're about to get spoiled without realizing it. Um, because that's pretty deep into the show. I think there's five OPs total. So this one in particular is Period by Chemistry. And this one was submitted to us by Not A Man Duh. Um, yeah, I mean, of all the shows, like this is probably the one that we know most about because it is like a classic among classics. Um, but really, <laughs> kind of like Science Gate, I've skirted around a decent amount of Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood spoilers um, because what I know about the show is really just whatever I've gathered through memes. I don't really know any like actual key plot points. Yeah. And I've just heard things through our friends and also through like the internet memes. All I really know about the show is that it's centered around alchemy, something called equivalent exchange. And then that dog meme. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think everyone by now knows what that dog meme is. Um, But vibes for this one, like, what did you get? Because yeah, I'll let you go first. Yeah. So, I mean, again, we're talking about the fourth OP out of five for Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Um, so, I'm, I guess, based on like where this actually takes place in the timeline of Brotherhood, um, I'm guessing some big shit is going down in the world of alchemy. It just seems like a lot of fighting and a lot of like um moodiness and like angst um so i'm guessing like we're reaching what could be the climax or a pivotal turning point of uh a full metal alchemist brotherhood see for me and this is not to knock down full metal alchemist at all this just felt like a like a typical shonen like emotional but triumphant sort of arc uh, so like <laughs> as I go through like the the visual cues, I think a a lot of this is just 
it felt like typical of what you just see in other shonen openings, especially going back to like shots of like moody shots of characters. Here you have characters looking off into the distance. I feel like that's something you see a lot in openings to really evoke a certain emotion. And then you have like the action shots as the chorus of the song kicks in, um, where it's alchemists fighting alchemists and it's, it's dazzling. It's brilliant to look at. Um, but yeah, I would say like this, this felt like a pretty standard opening. Uh, nothing about it really, I guess, wowed me like to the point I was like, Oh shit, that looks amazing. Um, but I know that I'm sure that full metal alchemist brotherhood is just more than looking at this simple OP, but did you get anything out of these visuals? Yeah. So, I mean, like I'm familiar with Edward Elric just as a character. I know the name. Um, and I know that the robot is his younger brother, but I don't know the brother's name, but it looks like just based off of this fourth OP that like Edward and his brother are at a crossroads of some sort. Like maybe they're separated or going through like a conflict. There's a shitload of fighting. Um, there's a lot of different scenery, like a desert and then like a snowy like mountain range. So maybe there's some sort of war breaking out between like different countries or regions or I don't know, segments of the alchemy world. Um, but that's kind of what I got from it because it really just is like you've got like two types of imagery. It's the moodiness of Edward and his brother or fighting like that's that's kind of what's going on here. Um, so yeah, it's not a lot to take away from this just because it's so deep into the show. I feel like if we knew what was going on in the, the overall plot, we, this would have more significance to us because there's different people or different characters fighting, but I don't know any of these characters. Like I don't recognize any of them except for the two main characters. So, okay. With this one, because again, it is such a, um, a later OP, I think we should do two things with the plot. We should guess what the overall plot of Full Metal, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood is, but then also guess what the plot is for this specific OP. Because when you read the synopsis, it's not going to tell us what's happening late in the show. It's going to tell us the overall plot of the anime. Okay. Um, well, I, <laughs> I looked at this more so through the overall plot now not realizing i i yeah i knew that this was one of several ops uh, but i guess <laughs> i overall i think it it's just alchemists fighting alchemists for alchemy supremacy and i, I forgot what you said the the younger brother's name is but th that i robot, don't know his name <laughs> oh uh well th that robot character help it find help him find its heart like uh wizard of oz um i guess specifically for the arc that this OP is attached to. Uh, were that the Elric brothers? Is that what they're called? The um, They just, they face an, another group of alchemists. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know if it's led by the, I know there, there's the little boy with like the venom kind of tentacles that shoot out or whatever, or if it's the guy in the white jacket and the white fedora um, I think they are a, a credible threat in this arc. But then you have a shot of, it looks like maybe the Alec brother's father at, at the end. Or like some relative. Yeah, and they're about to drop some deep shit on the brothers. Uh, but that's what I 
I surmise from this. What about you? Well, what would you say the overall plot of Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood oh, is? Are you saying are you saying it's just like alchemy? Yeah, alchemy, alchemy supremacy, and then this robot character that the younger brother um, needs to find his heart, like Wizard of Oz. <laughs> um, well, I'm kind of in the similar camp um, for the overall plot of the show. I would only because I know that the robot is Edward's younger brother. I'm gonna guess it's like some demon slayer shit where like Edward is trying to help save his younger brother or like restore him in some way. Um, but then also like they're wrapped up in like this world of alchemy where there's like, to your point, like an alchemy war breaking out. And so like with the fourth OP, it seems like, you know, besides the theme of like alchemy and brothers, um, that Edward and his brother are like battling but doing so maybe like separately. Um, and then again, there's like a war breaking out across like the snowy plains and like the desert and stuff. So it seems like it's a very large scale war among alchemists. And that's all I can really get from this. Um, but I guess when you read the synopsis, we'll at least see if like the overall plot, if, if we're on track for that. And so the overall plot on my anime list reads, after a horrific alchemy experiment goes wrong in the Elric household, Brothers Edward and Alphonse are left in a catastrophic new reality. Alphonse? Like, Ignoring the alchemical principle banning human transmutation, the boys attempted to bring their recently deceased mother back to life. Instead, they suffered brutal personal loss. Alphonse's body disintegrated while Edward lost a leg and then sacrificed an arm to keep Alphonse's soul in the physical realm by binding it to a hulking suit of armor. The brothers are rescued by their neighbor, Pinaco Rockbell, and her granddaughter, Winry. Known as a biomechanical engineering prodigy, Winry creates prosthetic limbs for Edward by utilizing Automail, a tough, versatile metal used in robots and combat armor. After years of training, the Elric brothers set off on a quest to restore their bodies by locating the Philosopher's Stone, a powerful gem that allows an alchemist to defy the traditional laws of equivalent exchange. As Edward becomes an infamous alchemist and gains the nickname Full Metal, the boys' journey embroils them in a growing conspiracy that threatens the fate of the world. Um, so I know that they said they both suffered person like major personal loss. I feel like Alphonse got the short end of the stick. Let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> we're just lost an arm and a leg. Um, Alphonse lost his entire physical being, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> um Yeah, I'm I mean I, I guess there is no fight for alchemy supremacy. <laughs> yeah, so then what's all of like the tanks and shit and like people fighting each other? Maybe that's like a a later plot point. Yeah. When they set off on their adventure, but well, it, yeah, it's the the philosopher's stone, which I know is like a a big thing in alchemy and also was a thing in in Harry Potter. So maybe they're all fighting for that? Yeah. So I guess it's it's in a way me saying that the robot wants his heart <laughs> that's that's what this is like finding or restoring their bodies uh, it was hard to find a, a, a synopsis specifically for the parts where this op is attached but i think this op is attached to episodes 39 through 50 
of the anime. So that's fine. I really I don't want like any serious spoilers. So yeah. it's probably good that we don't dive too deep into that. But that's pretty close to the end of the anime because this anime ran for sixty four episodes, and of course it's the number one rated anime on Mal. So as a segue from that, <laughs> would we watch this show? Would I watch Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood? Absolutely. I mean, at this point, it's mandatory to watch it to be a real weeb. Just kidding. Um, but also not not kidding because I know that everyone loves this show. I've never heard anything bad about this show. Like you, Even some of the most popular shows, you usually have that small cross-section of weebs that are like, oh, I didn't really like it. Like We have Attack on Titan like people out there who didn't enjoy attack on titan and that's totally fine that's totally fair but full metal alchemist brotherhood is the one major anime that i've never heard anyone say i don't like it so i think that that's a a good sign plus you know the rating on mail that this is um a classic for a reason so absolutely at, at some point we're gonna watch this i'm gonna watch this and i can't wait to see what it's all about and what about you yeah like you said i think full metal alchemist brotherhood is required reading or i guess required watching in the anime community i mean there's got to be a reason that it's ranked number one on mel um i know you, you said like there's nothing negative that people have said about this anime but i think one kind of i guess slight detriment to it is is how the community always like review bombs other anime to ensure that Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood stays at number one. On yeah, <laughs> which I, I guess, that's that's funny. I, I think that it's more funny than me complaining about it. Um, but you know, it's so, like sometimes it makes me wonder. Like, does this really deserve that number one spot? But I can't wait for the day where I can actually have that question answered once I watch this anime. All right, on to the next one, which is a similar situation to um, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood because this one is also, this submission is an OP that's like towards the end. It's basically the last OP of this anime, and that anime is Eureka 7. I think that's how you pronounce it. Most of the time I've heard Eureka 7. I've heard other people pronounced it pronounce it differently. Um, don't come at me. Uh, so yeah, Eureka 7, it's OP4, which again is the last OP. It's Sakura by Nergilis. I don't know how to say it. Nergilis. I don't know. <laughs> it's all in caps. Um, and this was submitted to us by Drew. I've heard about Eureka 7 a lot, mostly mentioned by name um, because I I was around. I was a weeb when it was at its peak popularity, but I don't know anything about it. And funny enough, I did technically watch a bit of it, but it's in my dropped list. I literally don't remember anything about this anime at all. So this one is, I could basically write this one off as like an anime I've never seen. So just, just putting that out there. It is technically on my list, but I don't know what it's about. But vibe check wise, the initial thought that I have, it's it's mechs. It's a mecha anime. Yeah. No, thank you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think I just have to warm up more to the mecha genre. Like I have been trying to warm up to uh, rom-coms and slice of life. Um, I thought, you know, like talking about vibe, it was so interesting that they mashed up Amazing Grace with this sort of mid-tempo rock song in the beginning. Did you catch that? I did not, actually. 
Yeah. And I, I don't know what kind of vibe I get from that, but you know, every time I think of Mecca, I always assume it, it like it's supposed to be about this like epic journey, this epic adventure, and so that's that's the vibe that I was getting from this opening. I find it interesting that this OP was in standard def. I think it came out in like 2005, um, but it feels very old. And I say that knowing that, again, like I was around during like its peak popularity. So I guess that makes me old as well. Old school. <laughs> but it's I'm seeing like mechs in space. I'm seeing child soldiers. Um, there were titties uh, at one point, that book that showed for like a hot second. There was like a what? naked chick on it. Um, but really, this is giving me Code Geass vibes with like the mechs versus spaceships but also giving me Gurren Lagan vibes I wrote the exact same thing really <laughs> wow um so yeah I, that's really my takeaway and I don't want to give more about that until we actually talk about like our guess for the plot because um it's all kind of embedded in, in my guess so do you have anything else you want to share or should we share our thoughts on the plot um one note I have is you know, like those two characters when they look up at I don't know what mech mech that is, but is it looking directly back at them? Yeah, it almost seems like sentient. That's fucking creepy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, you know what this reminds me of? Uh, Hunchback of Notre Dame. What the fuck? <laughs> I don't know if you remember the opening scene. Oh, with the with the, the gargoyles the, and shit looking at no, like him. The, yeah, the statues of Notre Dame looking at Frollo as he comes commits his heinous crime sanctuary <laughs> that's not when that comes <laughs> in yet. or actually yeah it, it is a feature in that scene but yeah the way that the statues look at frollo it, it reminds me of how this mecca is looking at these two characters judging the shit out of the characters. yeah <laughs> uh but yeah let's let's go on to the plot i i want to hear what you think uh, Eureka 7 is all about. So this one's going to be tricky, though, because I know with Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, we did kind of like a, we said, like, what's the overall plot, but then what's going on in this particular part? Um, so I guess I'll approach it the same way. I think the overall plot of Eureka 7 is similar to Gurren Lagan, where, like, you've got this group of regular-ass people from Earth going up against this, like, regime in space. Um, and so... As far as like OP4 being the last OP of this anime, I'm guessing at this point we're reaching the climax and they're actually battling this this regime that's like in space and has like spaceships and a fleet of child soldiers. And then, um, yeah, like the regular ass people are fighting them to save Earth or like stop them from taking over Earth or like stop them from like oppressing the people. Um, but all this is exactly why I'm getting like Code Geass mixed with Gurren Lagan vibes. Yeah, especially that visual at the end where they're all holding the earth. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> uh, yeah, my 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 guess about this the the plot is the same. It's like a ragtag group of guys and gals that, that discover the surface and fight the Spiral King. There you go. Uh, well. <laughs> I'm wondering why it's called Eureka 7. I was assuming like, oh, is it, is it a group of seven? Because there are clearly more than seven people in that one group shot. But the majority of them on both sides are children. Mm, like seven children? I'm just thinking like children because it's anime and they always have to put right. like young characters in extreme situations. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I guess 
to to formulate like a a more realistic plot. I think it's the haves against the have-nots in a battle for mecha supremacy, which I guess is what's happening in this this specific arc that this OP is attached to. But then it's up to I'm assuming these two cool kids that are featured so much in this opening to to save the day, to save Earth, save the galaxy, to save the universe. The or kids with the eyes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so what's the actual synopsis according to Mal? So in the backwater town of Belforest lives a 14-year-old boy named Renton Thurston. He, deci- he desires to leave his home behind and join the mercenary group known as Gecko State, hoping to find some adventure to brighten up his mundane life. However, stuck between his grandfather's insistence to become a mechanic like him and the pressure of his deceased father's legacy... The only excitement Renton finds is in his pastime of riding the trapar wave particles that are dispersed throughout the air, an activity akin to surfing. Everything changes when an unknown object crashes through Renton's garage, discovered to be a light-finding operation, a robot capable of riding the trapar waves, specifically known as the Nervosh Type Zero. Its pilot is a young girl named Eureka, a member of the Gecko State, who requests a tune-up for the Nervosh. Their meeting sparks the beginning of Renton's involvement with the Gecko State as he takes off alongside Eureka as the co-pilot of the Nervosh. What the hell? We were so far from what this show was actually about. Or maybe not. That was the whole synopsis? Yeah. I guess this is more so like the the beginning of the show. Yeah, though. like the, so. the overall plot. So I'm guessing maybe like when he joins this this Eureka chick, um, that like she's part of the, the force fighting the other force. And so then he also has to be part of them. Mm-hmm. Well, would we watch Eureka 7? Hmm, that's a good question. <laughs> I know I, I mentioned my slight aversion to Mecha, but yeah, I think this feels like, I feel like a lot of people have talked about Eureka 7, and right now I'm looking at the mal score, which is at an 8.5, or 8.05, so it seems like it's highly rated. And, you know, I, I know you said like something about the animation of this feels so... Like, what do you say, old? or like? No, just like it being in standard def. Oh. I do like the animation. I think it looks nice. Mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed like the art style. Yeah. I kind of like that sort of old school, uh, late 90s, early 2000s animation. And especially like with this OP, it looks like a lot of these shots, even of the mecha, were like 2D animated. So not typical like, cg animation that we see today so i'd love to see shots of like how those shots are kind of carried out in the in the same vein as like um like code Geass, how it handled animating those mechs so uh even though i feel like the plot may seem derivative of shows like code Geass or Gurren Lagan, i would still give this a watch um but what about you i'm in the maybe camp um so i i feel like i'd watch this um, just to understand why Eureka 7 was so popular back in the day and why the name still sticks around today. Um, also, 2D mechs. Like, I'm not a, a, a huge, like, mech fan, but I do enjoy, like, mech, mech or mecha anime, um, the ones that I have seen, as long as there's, like, a really good story like Gurren Lagann or Code Geass. Um, so, yeah, I, I would watch it for that 
those aspects, but I'm also like in the possibly no camp just because nothing else about the plot or about the OP really caught my attention. Um, and it just, again, it could, we could be totally off, but it, it just kind of feels like there are Code Geass and Gurren Lagann vibes, but will Eureka 7 hold up to that? If that, if that is a legitimate comparison, I'm just not sure. So I, I could be swayed either way. I'm in the maybe right now. And next up, we have Fire Force, um, the season one second OP, which is Mayday featuring Ryo from Crystal Lake by Cold Rain. Wait, what? Oh, yeah. Ryo from Crystal Lake. The song is by Cold Rain featuring yeah. Ryo from Crystal Lake. Anyway, it's called Mayday. Um, and it was submitted to us by Ingram. Um, so vibe check. I mean, I, I'm familiar with Fire Force when it came out and everyone loved it. Like I, I saw visuals, like I, I get like the basics of Fire Force, but I don't really know anything key about it. But vibe check wise, what's the vibe that you're getting from this? Uh, angsty. <laughs> the, the vibe I'm getting. I, um, yeah, I, I, I know a little bit about Fire Force because I think it's our friend Rob's favorite show, or maybe one. one of his... I don't know if it's his favorite, but he does, <laughs> he does enjoy Fire Force. Uh, yes, <laughs> but I think I'm more familiar with. I think the the first OP of this anime was like, but yeah, with this one, like, yeah, it just feels like whatever arc this or whatever core this is attached to like this is going to be the more angsty part whereas the first op that's where it establishes like the fun or like not the like the fun of this universe but like just cementing this universe and and making it seem triumphant so this is where like the battles begin in a sense what vibes did you get I kind of got like similar like angsty edgy vibes um and I, all I know of it is it's the firefighter anime but with titties. Um so yeah. Oh yeah. Edgy edgy firefighter titties. <laughs> edgy edgy. But as far as like like actual visuals knowing that this is the second OP of season 1, um what what did you take away from this? I guess first off what kind of fire department has their headquarters in a church? <laughs> that just seems irresponsible and a, a, a misuse of taxpayer money. <laughs> um, I know that was like one of the first establishing shots. Um, I guess this shows a little bit of camaraderie between this this fire force. Maybe that was it took a while to establish in the first half because uh, you have those two. I'm assuming that Sundare is going at it um, on their whatever vehicle. And then you have like the rest of the group that's there watching this unfold. And they're kind of like brushing it off like, oh, those like, oh, those two. Like they're oh, just those acting. idiots. Yeah, they're just <laughs> acting silly. Uh, and then <laughs> the other parts of this also like with um, uh, what was the show we were talking about before? Uh, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. I feel like typical Shonen OP shots where... It shows, I'm assuming, the adversaries of this arc in these really stylish headshots. And then the, one of the main guys is, like, throwing hands with one of the antagonists. Uh, so in that sense, it's, like, typical shonen fare for me. Um, right off the bat, 
my eyes were glued to the CGI truck that came out of the church. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is that? Um, and then- oh, there was a truck. I was just looking more so at the church. <laughs> <laughs> there's also a nun firefighter because, you know, why not if there's a church? Um, but then I'm like watching this and granted, it's the second OP. I'm thinking, is this not actually about firefighters, but about people who can use fire powers? Because this feels way more like a battle shonen than about firefighters fighting mm-hmm. fires. <laughs> um, that's like what I got from it. So like, I don't know, if, if we're to guess the plot similar to the last few, because um, this is the second OP of the first season, you kind of alluded to like the first OP possibly being the one that tackles laying the foundation for what the show is about. And then the second OP is kind of following the like the conflict that's at hand. Um, I would say like my guess for the overall plot of Fire Force is that the dude with the sharp teeth, who I'm guessing is the main character, like joins this Fire Force um, and because he's got like fire powers, right? And so like he can be useful in some way, whether they're fighting fires or creating fire, I don't fucking know. <laughs> um, but then like the the specific point in the show that OP number two comes into play, um, I don't know. I think they're, like, they're fighting knights. So it's kind of like someone combined firefighters with medieval times and made this anime. So it looks like the fire force are like the good guys and they're protecting society from the threats of like the knights because he the the sharp tooth guy is like fighting a a knight who's dressed in all white um but i don't ever see anyone put out an actual oh, you mean fire like, like knight like a like a with the, with the letter k okay like a knight in shining like, I armor thought you meant like oh they're fighting the evening no <laughs> i mean they're doing that more than they are like putting out actual fires um so yeah i don't know maybe they are actual firefighters in like the first op and then the second op doesn't show that but based off of the second op i don't assume that they fight any actual fires but what about you like what's the overall plot and then what's the the, the plot being tackled in op2 um i just roll like it, it's a force that fights fire <laughs> uh but yeah thinking about what you said and we, i'm rewatching the op right now um uh, yeah the black haired character i guess the one with the the sharp teeth does it seems like he uses fire to fight fire um uh, i guess overall the show is just about maybe his journey as being part of this force and and being a force for good. Uh, but then, yeah, here, in this specific arc, this character where he's, or like in the action shot of this opening towards the end where he's throwing hands with that, I guess, white knight, like you said, um, I guess they're probably like the the syndicate of this arc that they have to battle. And if they don't defeat them, then they will set the world on fire. I'm just trying to tie back fire into this. <laughs> and so for the synopsis reveal on Mal, spontaneous human combustion, a chaotic phenomenon that has plagued humanity for years, randomly transforming ordinary people into flaming, violent creatures known as infernals. While infernals make up the first generation accounts of human combustion, the second and third generations became known as pyrokinetics people gifted with the ability to manipulate and control their flames while remaining human. To combat the infernal threat and discover the cause, 
the Tokyo Armed Forces, Fire Defense Agency, and Holy Church of Seoul produced their answer. The Special Fire Force. Young and eager third-generation pyrokinetic Shinra Kusakabe, nicknamed Devil's Footprints for his explosive ability to ignite his feet at will, becomes a member of the lively Special Fire Force Company 8, upholding the brigade's duty to extinguish extinguish the blazing infernals and lay their souls to rest, Shinra is determined to become a hero who will save the lives of those threatened by the flame terror. However, this is not the hero's game Shinra imagined. The Fire Force is a fractured mess of feuding brigades, abnormal infernal sightings are increasing all over Tokyo, and a shadowy group is claiming to have answers to the strange fire that caused the death of Shinra's family 12 years ago. Sheesh. Faced with many obstacles within and outside the Fire Force, Shinra fights to uncover the truth behind the burning mysteries that have kept him in the dark. So I guess... I, I, I don't know who the character is that he's fighting in this opening, but I would assume, is that like an infernal that they're trying to get rid of? I don't know, but they're not fighting any fires. <laughs> yeah. They're not doing firefighter shit at all. They're creating fires. I mean, I guess you could say they're fighting the fires of the, was it infernals? Yes. Um. So sure, I guess that. There's There's infernal affairs. But then there's also internal affairs. Hey, right? this I didn't pick this up with like the uh, like the fire force itself, like being so disheveled and and out of shape. Um, I, I feel like we could have gotten that from it, like their headquarters being a goddamn church, because the church is like a a running trope in anime as like uh, being a corrupted organization. But yeah, I mean, this opening. Didn't make that too clear, but I guess the church imagery was a hint to that. So would we watch Fire Force? Um, I would not because part of this gave me like my hero academia vibes, uh, especially with the, the main character having like a, a power uh, related to their feet. <laughs> um, and the, the thing about them or like shinra becoming a hero who wants to save the lives of others which just sounds like a a, a more hot-headed midoriya um i i guess people who who are into uh like com- <laughs> combustible <laughs> we're into fire <laughs> yeah incendiary things would probably like this show but um, I would probably put this like lower priority um, when it comes to like shonen. Uh, but would you watch Fire Force? I also would not watch Fire Force. I just there was nothing about Fire Force, the second OP, that really caught my attention. And just in general, what I've seen about Fire Force hasn't caught my attention. Um, I it feels very shonen like super shonen which is fine i watch shonen um but this is this this doesn't seem like a shonen that would capture or hold my attention um it it just seems like the plot is too out there um and like too little to do with actual firefighters not that firefighters make it a, a better plot or a better or worse plot but yeah i don't know something about it isn't like grabbing me um but if anyone feels different let me know. If you think I should give it a shot, I, I could be open to that. And last but not least, um, for this part one episode, we have Overlord, 
the season one OP, which I don't know if I'm going to butcher this name, is Cladanoia. <laughs> yeah. What, what? What? No, that sounds right. Okay. <laughs> I, I can't figure out how to pronounce it. <laughs> by OXT. Um, but yeah, this one is submitted to us by Styx. And similar to all of them, I've, I mean, I've heard a lot about Overlord. I've seen a lot of memes, but I don't really know anything about it. All I know is that there's like the the sexy horn chick that everyone loves. What? The chick with the horns. I've never <laughs> heard of it. I only know, the, I guess, the main character of the show. Skeletor. <laughs> That's, I don't know his name, but it looks like yeah, Skeletor. I didn't think of that. <laughs> so vibe check with this one. I'm I'm getting like like almost like isekai vibes but i don't think it's an isekai um but just like you know fantasy um like very like grand scale fantasy like the skeletor dude who i assume is the overlord um he just seems like really confident so i feel like this is gonna have some like badass vibes to it what about you yeah i keep picturing like fantasy rpg in the way that um, this opening visuals play out um but i have to um call out the music um I, I think it's a mix of english and japanese and i'll just say there was an attempt uh but <laughs> sometimes like like i'm not discounting the singer or, or the musician um at all but sometimes the, the way that English sounds in these songs, it takes away from what I would call like the ferocity of of the song that's used in this opening. It's a great song, but it's just you know, like I feel like my ear is just trained to listen to English being sung or spoken by a non-native English speaker. Um, but yeah, I guess visuals-wise, what did you pick up from this that could help you in? putting together the plot there was a lot going on like a lot a lot of characters um i saw elves i saw a demon i saw what looked like alien like an alien from the alien movie um i saw a possible old version of sebastian from black butler and a lolly in a frilly dress uh so just like so much and like so many different characters but it seemed like a lot of like battles um and like different groups just going at it yeah and then the the horn chick was was there sometimes as well but yeah skeletor just looks like he's fucking badass so um that's really what like jumped out at me was anytime he was on screen he's just like so huge and so overwhelming um so i imagine he's incredibly op yeah i I pretty much picked up the same vibes although there was one shot where i thought there was a character that looked like zero from Code Geass, um, but I think it's just they have a similar color scheme and also just similar armor because, you know, I, I doubt Zero <laughs> would exist in whatever fantasy universe this is. But, yeah, it's almost like <laughs> this LP is like, especially after the course kicks in, just sensory overload with all of the explosions and fighting and running around and all of that jazz but um yeah i guess that's just typical for any sort of fantasy anime opening so as far as the plot goes i'm gonna guess 
this is like a battle of the different types of monsters and creatures for ultimate power and like rulership over the world and the other creatures. So like you have Skeletor who needs to join the fight against like aliens and demons and elves and whatnot to become the supreme leader, the overlord um, among all of these classes of creatures, um, especially because he holds up a flag at the end of the OP. So it just feels like there's this, this conquering um, goal that he has. But what did you? What would you summarize the plot to be? I I, I honestly couldn't tell, but um, yeah, I, I call him Bony Bro. Like, is is Bony Bro the Overlord? Because like he's the only character I recognize, like the the big ass dude with the skull for a face. Um, but yeah, I was thinking similarly with how he probably has this sort of conquering nature to him and wanting to invade all of these lands or take over all these these peoples and and societies and these characters that show up in this opening are the ones that are trying to fight against him so i guess this is i would say this series follows more from like the the villain's perspective in that sense but let's see what mal has to say in its synopsis for overlord which reads the final hour of the popular virtual reality game Yggdrasil has come. However, Momonga, a powerful wizard and master of the dark guild Ains Oil Gone, decides to spend his last few moments in the game as the servers begin to shut down. To his surprise, despite the clock having struck midnight, Momonga is still fully conscious as his character and, moreover, the non-player characters appear to have developed personalities of their own. Confronted with this abnormal situation, Momonga commands his loyal servants to help him investigate and take control of this new world with the hopes of figuring out what has caused this development and if there may be others in the same predicament. So this is like... That's um, the whole synopsis. <laughs> yeah, this is like a Darwin's game. So it's is like this a, an isekai? Can you is what's the genre? Does it say isekai? Because uh, I think this might be an isekai. It says action adventure fan, a theme isekai. Oh my yeah, god! Because I the, fucking okay, knew so it. <laughs> the character, I guess the real character is is stuck in this game as this this a Skeletor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, I was not expecting that at all. Yeah. What the fuck? Um. Okay. Well, I got it right about like taking control of this new world yeah like conquering mm -hmm. um that makes sense i mean it is called overlord um so yeah i we were somewhat on track um but i guess i was right in the beginning when i said it, it gave like isekai vibes so would we watch overlord i would say this one's in the maybe for me um i know there's like a lot of seasons at this point and people really really like overlord i just tread carefully when it comes to isekai most of the time the isekai element doesn't even need to be there it's just like it's like an isekai for the sake of being an isekai mm -hmm. i don't know if that's the same with overlord but um but yeah i just nothing about this really jumps out at me like you know isekai conquering other you know conquering the world or whatever um and like horny sexy chick that that's all cool and stuff it's not what I would immediately gravitate toward, but I wouldn't be totally against watching it. So I, I'm going to stay in the, the maybe camp for this one. What about you? 
I think I too will stay in the maybe camp because I'm still relatively new to the isekai genre. Although I see that this is done by Madhouse. I mean, yeah, the the animation in this opening was was fantastic, um, but yeah, I would probably put this uh, as a lower priority when it comes to watching isekai because I've heard like many other isekai out there that people have recommended um, that have garnered more compliments than what I've heard from Overlord. Uh, so yeah, I mean yeah. Yeah, basically, this will be a maybe for me, so. Well, there you have it. Um, That was our best guesses as to what these 10 shows in particular are all about. I think we did pretty damn good. Yeah, like I said, it's as if we know enough about anime. To To guess what's going to (laughs) happen here. I would say we did pretty decent for Steinsgate and... um, and link click because those were pretty obscure ops they didn't show too much about what the show was about but we still kind of we, we got the the gist of it i'm i'm still proud about how i figured out the criminal element of hina matsuri there you go <laughs> <laughs> uh, that that makes me just eager to really uh, dive into that show when i have a chance Thank you again to the listeners and our patrons that sent in these submissions and look forward to part two. We're going to tackle another 10 um, submissions, another 10 anime to try and figure out what those are all about and decide if we would watch them or not. I may end up throwing some additional things on my watch list after this, but hope you guys enjoy this. Hope you're having fun. Um, and hope you're not cringing too much at how terrible some of our guesses are. And thank you guys, as always, for tuning in and for your support. Subscribe to Strictly Anime on your favorite podcast service. Join our Discord to chat with us or to submit fun things when we have future events like this. Follow us on Instagram at The Strictly Series, on Twitter or X or whatever um, at Strictly Series, and check out our website, thestrictlyseries.com. If you'd like to support the show, like our newest patron, Arturo, then head over to patreon.com slash thestrictlyseries. And tune into Strictly JoJo, our other podcast dedicated to JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. All links are in the description. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy, stay weeb.